All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I am Matt Bach, Assistant Director of Strategic Communications with the Michigan Municipal League. And we decided to do this uh, Facebook live chat with uh, three officials from varying uh, communities all over the state um, to talk about the American Rescue Plan Act uh, dollars and the fact that communities that are classified as non-entitlement units of local government have until this Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, July 27th, to submit the state portal to accept the funding. And uh, there was a quite a few number of communities that have not done this yet. So I thought it would be useful to sit down with some of the officials that have done it uh, to share their experience. So I am very happy and pleased to be joined by uh, Jay Goodshow from uh, the village of Brooklyn. He's the village manager. Matt Baumgarten from the city manager for the city of Berkeley and Amy Bessinger from the city of Grand Haven. She's the finance, financial director. So thank you, the three of us, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we have all different sizes. Uh, of course, Grand Haven, did I say Ferndale? I say Grand Haven. I think I said the right city. Grand Haven. Um, uh, for, we have different sized communities. Of course, Berkeley's on the uh, southeast side of the state. Grand Haven is on the west side, and Brooklyn is kind of in the middle there at the bottom. Um, and uh, all different size communities. Uh, Brooklyn's pretty small. I think about 1,200 people right today. Correct. And uh, Grand Haven and, and Berkeley are a bit bigger. But I just wanted to share their experience. So, Amy, if we could start with you. You're the financial director. You were uh, the one that had to do that for the city of Grand Haven, and I think you explained to me you also did it for the village of Spring Lake, or at least helped them. Tell me about your experiences and filling out the portal, and how um, you know maybe some obstacles and challenges that you ran into. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. Um, yes, I did help with Spring Lake Township as well, and I was a little apprehensive about the portal. I wanted to be sure I had all the documentation, everything I needed ahead of time. So. Um, I try to be prepared and it was great that we had the instructions on the state site and that's been provided through various emails and communication. Um, so I had the step-by-step -step instructions ready. I had the documents saved as PDFs ahead of time and confirming with Sigma. But once I got in the site, it was actually fairly easy to use and it was nice to see that. I was a little familiar with Elite having used it for other documents. Um, but this walked us right through step-by-step. -step. I did have a box that I forgot to check and so at the end, when I tried to submit, it kind of gave me that little error, which was really nice because then I could go back and correct that before I did the final submittal. So, um, but yeah, I think it was easier than I had thought, which was a great surprise for me. Yeah. So, Matt, how about for you? I know you worked with your finance officer uh, in Berkeley to, to, to do it. Yes, that's exactly right. And uh, I think my finance director and I both expected it to be a lot more onerous than it actually ended up being. Um, uh, like Amy said, we used the step-by-step -step guide that was uh, um, correlated, put out by Treasury. Uh, very grateful that they did that. Um, very grateful for the communication that they've been able to put forth. Uh, we did expect um, that there'd be some navigation issues, some, some questions that came up, uh, but their revenue projection formulas uh, were, I thought, pretty straightforward. Um, also, with you know the accounting software that we use here, it made uh, those calculations to be uh, a lot easier. And again, uh, having a great finance director that I have, uh, he was able to do absolutely the bulk of the work there. Uh, we had some questions about who ultimately was authorized to submit this information, uh, but it was a it was a, a hurdle that was overcome by a, a quick conversation. Uh, so glad we did it, and and the experience I'd say was overall favorable. 
Good, good. So I, I do, we do have several links posted in the comment. We have links to the Treasury's page where you can go. We have links to the portal. Uh, the Treasury's also posted a 15-minute step-by-step instructional video. We posted that link in there, too. Now, um, I, I believe Berkeley and Greyhaven are probably somewhat used to pl applying for federal funding. Um, in the village of Brooklyn, I, I did talk, got the chance to talk with Jay yesterday about this. Uh, he did not have a lot of experience with applying for federal funding, being such a small village. How, how was your experiences, Jay? Because you're kind of a one-man show there. You don't necessarily have the advantage of a finance department like some of the bigger communities do. And I think a lot of our members probably watching today that have not yet done it are probably more like the village of Brooklyn, um, where they're kind of one person does everything. So explain your experiences, Jay, and, and some of the obstacles you ran into. Yeah, and that's the thing I, I you know run into periodically when they refer you know say well refer your IT department or refer to your financial you know, department or whatever well you know I am the departments so <laughs> um, so you just uh, have to have to do all of this um, the the uh, you know when you, when you, when I looked at the resources too there was the step by step guide which which was really helpful because there was also a link to um, I believe um, the U S government treasury. Um, and they have a guide that's like 76 pages of material. Um, I did not read the 76 pages of material. I would still be there trying to sort through it, I'm afraid. So I just went with the step-by-step -step guide and um, tackled that. The first thing was, um, of course, logging in with Treasury and discovering that my uh, previous password apparently had expired. So I had to you know, call their helpline to get that reset. Um, so that's that was a, a step and then um, being able to link into the uh, Sigma uh, document, of course, you have to have a, um, a login and password for that. And that took um, part of a day before they got back with me. They have to email you the form, you fill out the form, send it back in, they approve it, and then uh, give you a temporary password um, that, that was, as it was the following day. So, um, you know, so that, that kind of delayed things and uh, fill that uh, document out and then to upload um, the application and documents you have to go into this elite system which again requires another login uh, and password uh, so, <laughs> so you had three different devices you have three different exactly <laughs> you know, so you're going in and out and in and out i think that's i don't think it was terribly difficult but it was just time-consuming uh, to an extent and frustrating i guess the other way that it you know, could have all been done you know, under one umbrella. But yeah. I also recognize that, you know, it just appears to me the process, um, you know, not only was the federal government, you know, nobody in federal government, I think anticipated ever passing this ARPA, um, but certainly state uh, treasury didn't anticipate having it handed down, you know, the way it was. And it, it's, it, it strikes me for not, you know, not uh, generally providing documents directly to the federal government, that these documents are, uh, historically, when you're looking at funding, it would be the state uh, level, uh, treasury or whomever would be dealing directly with the federal government. So this is kind of a foreign concept to us at, at this level anyway, where we're, we feel like we're applying directly to the federal government, even though I know it goes through the state uh, treasury. Right. Yeah. And that's that, you know, that's that's an important point you made about, you know, this has really never been done before. In fact, this funding probably for our communities is a one time thing. It's uh, you know, Matt, in, in your long history, I know as a city manager and probably Amy too, or Jay as well, you probably not had an opportunity to get a, a good chunk of, of federal funding before. So it's new for everybody. 
Um, and I think that's important to, to note that, you know, uh, but Jay, you mentioned to me when we talked about this last night that I think uh, your village of Brooklyn's in line to receive about $123,000. For a village of your size, that's a pretty good chunk of money. So if you hadn't applied for that, because there is an option to, to, to reject the money or say you don't want the money, but if you had done that, how do you think your village council would have responded? Yeah, they, they really trust my judgment and recommendations uh, most of the time. Uh, this would have been one instance, however, I think where they would have uh, probably uh, more than chastised me if we had if I had dropped the ball and, and not applied or not told them about it to uh, be able to you know take part in the whole decision to apply. But uh, you know, so yeah, one hundred twenty three thousand is a pretty significant, uh, pretty significant thing. Uh, we're we do have some infrastructure projects going on that that this will uh, probably be applied to. I'm, I'm guessing at this point. Right now, Amy, I know your community is quite a bit bigger, and you were in line to get some more money. One thing I, I do know about the program is that you know, although you do have to submit to accept the funding, you don't have to decide how it's all going to be spent until the end of 2024. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. And we if you guys. Go ahead. Have you guys decided or were you guys working on that process? We're working on that process, working closely with the city manager, with Pat McGinnis, um, and council's aware that we're receiving too. So we want to present to them the best options that we can with the eligible expenditures. So we're looking over the guidance, looking over the FAQs, seeing what we can do with the money, looking and reviewing the lost revenue calculator um, so that way we can make the best option for our city. Okay. And and Matt, for you guys, what kind of process are you going through to try to determine how to spend it in Berkeley? Uh, our primary focus right now is the um, the calculation of lost revenue as well. With our buildings being closed, uh, there are uh, several of our buildings, departments that just did not see uh, a fraction of the revenue that they would normally have. So uh, the city of Berkeley is in line for about $1.6 million. Uh, that's going to be probably fairly close to our losses um, the, the further we go into the next two years here. Uh, so that I think is our primary concern. And then like, I think everybody else, we've got some infrastructure items that we need to address as well that fall in line with the treasury's guidelines for, for our size community. Right. And the forms you had to fill out, they didn't ask you to specify how you were going to spend the money. Is that correct? No. So if people are worried about that, it's like, well, we don't know how we're going to spend it yet. I don't know about, you know, filling out this form, but it's just accepting the funding. And one one thing that's important, uh, Matt, maybe you uh, or Amy can explain. At the end, it does ask, it gives you three options. You can accept the funding or you can reject it and give it to back to the state or you can reject it and it goes back into the pool so that other communities have it. Now, now we really hope all of our member communities accept the money. But I guess if for whatever reason they don't want to accept it, we're hoping that they select option three because that way their money, let's say if it's $50,000, that goes back into the fund and that gets spread among all the other communities. So that way Berkeley, Grand Haven, and Brooklyn would therefore get a share of that. Um, is that uh, how you understand it as well, Amy? It is, yes. Yeah, we chose option one to receive that funding knowing that we didn't have any um, planned expenditures at this point. Um, but yeah, that was my understanding as well, as if we didn't reject it, we had an opportunity to turn it back so that way the funds could be dispersed to other communities. Yep. And um, what would be your advice, Jay, to, to some communities that are maybe kind of hesitant, like, well, I don't know, maybe there's political reasons that they may have or 
or whatever, or they're saying, well, it just seems like we're only getting, you know, 50,000 or maybe if they're real small, maybe 25,000, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. What would be your recommendation or advice to some of those? Right. Well, I, I, the, the concern I have with, with even smaller communities, some in my, uh, in my general area in, in Jackson County, uh, that uh, some townships that don't have a manager, they're working with elected officials and trying to figure out who's responsible for filling things out. Th these forms have to be even more of a foreign concept to them than what they were for me, uh, yeah. you know, in, in Brooklyn. Um, you, you know, I, I guess I would just say if, if they need some help, you know, to give us a call. The other thing too is to be aware of, you know, we mentioned July 27th is a deadline and that was pretty clear, but there, I had heard just today actually that uh, people were thinking they had 60 days from the time that uh, the um, uh, Michigan Department of Treasury released the doc, you know, the application. And that's, you know, that's not, that's not the case. They don't have 60 days. So I, I, I'm hoping that these communities that haven't yet responded Aren't, aren't feeling like they have another month or so to uh, to do this. It is it's pretty pretty critical that they get this in by the you know by next week. Matt, we lost your audio. Yes. All right, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I got an error. So uh, we are joined by Chris Hackbarth at the Michigan Municipal League, and I do have a couple of questions. Thank you for doing it, Chris. I know you were in between meetings, so I appreciate you jumping out of the call with us today. I did want to mention that, you know, that we do have our Serve My City program, and this is a program we started at the start of the pandemic pandemic to help our communities uh, navigate all the different funding sources that are out there. And we're in full gear to help our communities help with this American Rescue Plan Act uh, dollars, including you know those that are classified as non-entitlement uh, units of local government. So if you need help, it's free. Just email us at servemycity at mml.org. And I'll, I can put that link in the chat. Um, but uh, it, it, it is free to, to just call us up and say, hey, I'm having problems logging in or whatever the issue is, we can direct you to the proper sources. Or if you have specific questions about what is, what's our classification for this or that, we, our team can help with that. We're, we're, I, as they say, like in the uh, t to telethons, or, you know, our people are standing by, they're waiting for your calls and your emails. So feel free to reach out to them at servemycity at mml.org is the email. Now, Chris, uh, they did talk a little bit about before you joined us about the deadlines. Uh, it is Tuesday. Um, but as Jay was explaining, you know, some people thought that they had 60 days. Um, what's the Treasury saying as far as, because I have noticed on the Treasury's website that it's called a recommended deadline, which would imply there might be some flexibility, although we really are hoping that everybody applies by Tuesday. Right. The Treasury is under very specific, uh, very specific deadlines according to federal law to get responses from all communities in Michigan. So Treasury... Starting on the 28th of July, if you haven't filled, if you haven't uh, applied for your funding by that point, you will be getting calls from Treasury uh, because they they are under very specific requirements to get a response from every local unit. And if and if you are unresponsive, uh, your dollars uh, will be distributed uh, back to others. If you decline your funding, you don't get a second chance. The money's gone. Uh, so it's very, you know, it's very important, and I know you guys have probably been saying it before I got on. It is very important that every single local unit accept those dollars. You can accept the dollars today and not do anything with them for a year or two. You don't have to have them spent again until the uh, allocated until the end of 24 and fully spent by the end of 26. 
So you have time to figure out what what you're going to plan these dollars for, what expenses you're going to cover with these. Uh, but it's most important to accept the dollars now so you've got them. I think that's a really good point, Chris. And you had explained to me that already we know of at least a couple um, communities or townships that haven't that decided to reject the money. And and we were some people were going to go to them and say, hey, you know, could you kind of change your mind? And, and we went to the state. They're like, well, once they reject it, it's rejected. But so it's a much easier to accept and then change your mind later as opposed to rejecting now and then changing your mind. That's going to be a difficult. Then you're kind of out of luck. <laughs> yeah, there is no, there is no changing your mind later. Okay, for if you reject it. Correct. Okay. And uh, I did talk a little bit about the three options. You know, option one is accepting the money. Option two is rejecting it and turning it over to the state. And option three is, I guess, rejecting it and then turning it back into the pool so that everyone else can share. And we're really encouraging, obviously, to accept it. But if for whatever reason you want to reject it, to really pick that option three. Is that correct, Chris? Correct. Yeah. Option three, the quote unquote unresponsive option. I recognize you're you're responding when you choose option three, but the the category of response is called unresponsive. That category allows the state then to redistribute those dollars amongst other local units. Uh, if you don't do that, the money there's no guarantee the money stays with local government. Right, and we got a question or a comment in the chat from Frederick. Uh, says we sent an email to De Michigan to Treasury and received an email from them saying. July 27th is not a hard deadline, and that's consistent with what we're saying. It's a recommended deadline, but if you don't do it by the 27th, you're going to get a call from the Treasury asking you, you know, to to at least respond in some way. Um, so that is kind of a, they they're really hoping everyone submits by that deadline. Um, but again, uh, I had another council uh, council reach out saying we're going to actually I wanted to inform them that we're going to be accepting this money. My council meets Monday night, the 26th. Is it okay if we don't fill out the form till the next day? And that would be the 27th. And I think there is some flexibility with that. But at the same time, you know, they're really hammering pretty hard on, on getting it done by the end of the day on the 27th. As many people as they can get in by the 27th will ensure that uh, the amount of, of tracking people down uh, is limited and their ability to ensure they meet uh, the federal deadlines under statute uh, are met. And that's what's, okay. that's what's so important. Okay. Well, I did want to keep this conversation really short. Is there anything else, Jay and Amy and Matt, you want to add? I, I just had a question about, you know, I, I've heard two different things about when the initial tranche is going to be released. Uh, um, I think the impression was it was going to be two weeks after you've submitted your application. I'm wondering now if it's going to be two weeks after the 27th, perhaps, if uh, you have any. So, yeah, well, Chris, and explain what the tranche is, too, in, in giving you your answer. Sure. Yeah. If uh, everyone remembers the dollars, the $644 million that the federal government allocated to Michigan for our non-entitlement units is split in half. The first $322 million is available right now. The second $322 million will be available roughly June of next year. Um, and again, those dollars, this first $322 million has been appropriated by the state. Michigan Department of Treasury has the dollars in hand. Uh, all of the applications that are coming in right now, the state has a third-party vendor they've hired to certify all those applications that are coming in. So, so Jay, you're right. They, they've said two weeks after application. I think this first uh, kind of getting the program off the ground may be a little longer. I'm telling folks to expect it right in the first half of August. I think what uh, what we're seeing is 
Treasury has that vendor online. They have not started certifying applications yet, reviewing those applications. I think we got a note today that about 700 of the 1,700 communities have applied so far. So you know, th that third-party vendor will begin certifying those applications uh, within, you know, if not the end of this week, then the first part of next week. And folks should see their money again flowing out uh, that first or second week of August is my expectation. I think we'll we'll know more in the next week or so as the vendor starts getting into the application. Okay. We know we have to reapply next year for the second tranche because that, that would put me into a panic about all of the issues with the logins and passwords. passwords. Write your passwords down and store them somewhere where you're <laughs> They'll definitely expire in a year. So. Oh, that's true. Chris, what's your answer to that one? Uh, I will ask that question. We'll make sure we get that out on our resource page and ask Treasury okay. to, uh, to identify that on their FAQ page as well. Great. Okay. And I do mention we do have a resource page at MML. Uh, um, dot, oh, I'll put it in the link. It's easier to put on there. But we have a resource page uh, related to our Serve My City program and related to the American uh, Rescue Plan Act. They're both on the same page. So it's a one-stop shopping. I've uh, got a question here um, uh, from James. Uh, it says, Jay had mentioned using the funds toward infrastructure. Is that something we can look forward to doing in our village or, or is it unclear at this point? Chris, that's probably a question for you. Can it be used for infrastructure? So the the arp was very clear that local units of government can spend or the state and local units under this funding can spend on water sewer stormwater and broadband infrastructure completely unrelated to any impacts of the pandemic so you have free reign to spend in those areas um the other part i'll, I'll mention is and, and every community should be running the the revenue loss calculation is the first thing they do. So after you've accepted the money, accept the money, get that out of the way. Then work with your, your finance director, work with your folks at the county, other, other communities regionally, walk through that, that uh, revenue loss calculation because that will give you essentially, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give wrong advice, but in essence, kind of like GF at that point. So if you have a $100,000 grant and your revenue loss calculation is 50,000, that first $50,000 of your ARP grant is essentially eligible for any, any eligible government service going forward. So like I said, there, it is a much more flexible opportunity. And then you're only having to deal with whatever's left that doesn't, isn't covered by revenue loss in terms of trying to meet the specific criteria. Infrastructure, water, sewer, broadband is one of those specific areas you can invest in. Uh, premium pay is another area that's eligible although I would encourage everyone to look at what uh, Shiawassee County did today and uh, caution you on how you approach premium pay. Um, and then the third area is the impacts of, uh, of, of the pandemic on your residents or your economy. And that one's a little more nebulous. There's a lot, a little more um, you have to do in terms of weaving through the connections to make sure it's eligible. But again, if you run that revenue loss calculation first, you have a lot more freedom on what you can spend. And Chris, is there is somebody ask what are what does infrastructure mean? What is what is that? And then I think I think we've come to the conclusion that it's a lot of things except roads. Um, but uh, but you could let's say if you replacing some sewer or water lines under a road and you have to tear up that road, you could then fix that road. Is that is that how that works? Is there any is there an expanded definition of infrastructure? 
Uh, no, and, and again, with your resource page, that'll be helpful as well in terms of looking at that uh, and, and what U.S. Treasury has out uh, and Michigan Department of Treasury put out in terms of infrastructure. Uh, I will say with regard to roads, you know, another component of the road conversation gets into, you know, if you have revenue loss, I go back to you know, run that revenue loss calculation because then that becomes money that you can use on your on your eligible services going forward. So you said there's roads are not normally covered under ARP, but there are some, you know, there are some ways that other types of infrastructure beyond water, sewer and broadband could be covered uh, with those dollars, depending on depending on how you how you allocate the funds. Okay, and Amy and uh, Matt, I think I have a question that might be for you guys. It gets real specific. It says Form fifty seven fifty one has a blank for top line budget, um, and then that is blank. I calculated our top line budget, um, but the figures are far less than the amount on the allocations list. I'm not sure why there is such a disparity, but I assume I enter the amount that is on the allocation list. Do you guys have any idea on that one? What what that might the answer might that would be. For our top line budget, I looked at the guidance from the state letter um, yeah. and pulled the funds that were, you know, on that. And so then I did a spreadsheet. Um, ours worked out well that actually what we're receiving is uh, way less than our 75%. <laughs> so we didn't have to worry about that calculation. So uh, my recommendation is check that state letter and what uh, funds are allowed to be considered in that budget and what we should include or not. Right. Similarly, I was gonna I was gonna say that check the treasury and reach out to them on the documentation they provided that should answer that very specific question. Okay. And Chris, could you explain a little bit about what that question is, that 75% threshold, what that is? Sure. And just to, going back to the, the earlier question about having to reapply, uh, the response I just got back from my contact at Treasury is no, as of right now, Treasury believes it's only one application. Applying right now is all you need to do. You'll get your second tranche automatically next year. How about that? Real time, real time answers from the state. Television, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but the seventy-five percent. So when we're talking about four non-entitlement units, the federal statute, the federal stimulus bill said no unit of government may receive a grant that is more than seventy-five percent of their operating budget. And then there are definitions of what that operating budget is. And so Michigan Department of Treasury has put has put that information out, as you guys mentioned in that numbered letter, uh, and the feedback that I got from the department was they did not feel based upon the data they had on their end uh, that any of Michigan cities uh, or villages should run into an issue hitting that 75% cap. Okay. Um, another question, uh, what is it meant by stormwater? Would pumps and the like be covered to prevent flooding? Another specific question. <laughs> You know, Chris. <laughs> well, well, Berkeley. I know you guys in Southeast Michigan have had some fun with stormwater recently. <laughs> but, but, but a question of pumps is not applicable to our system because our system's gravity uh, powered. Okay. Stormwater, though, usually is your is your runoff, uh, your drains, uh, you know, curb and gutter, kind of the, that conversation, uh, as opposed to and and where do you store and and how does that that runoff rain runoff how does that get uh, get managed okay all right well good well i appreciate everyone joining us it was a great conversation uh, we already got some compliments in the chat so i appreciate those as well uh thank you again if you have any questions feel free to reach out to our serve my city team at serve my city at mml.org it's m i in the middle there for michigan 
so thank you, uh, Amy and Matt and Jay for joining us. I appreciate it, it was real short notice with this deadline coming up. Uh, we wanted to get some conversation going. So I appreciate your time very much. You're welcome. I yeah, mentioned something at the MME uh, summer uh, workshop as well, you know, for those that haven't applied, you know, just in case there are people out there that are thinking they have more um, more time than next Tuesday to do that. So <laughs> great. great. Thank you, Chad. I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a production of the Michigan Municipal League. For more information on our programs and services, please visit www.mnl.org. And join us for the next episode of We Love Where You Live.